Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, happy Monday morning. Uh, oh man, we all have to go to work today. Boo! Except for some of you. I'm sure some of you were smart enough to get today off. <laughs> I am not one of those gentlemen. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to slog the 9 to 5. Oh, man. So, the June shoot. The final outlaw, the last outlaw is over. And wow, what a season it has been, you know? Um, really cool, really cool shoot the June shoot was this year. I'll give you guys the rundown. Uh, we shot, I think it was 42 targets on Saturday. Orange spots. What was really cool about the June shoot is it had a Lodi feel where sometimes the 30... 40 yard targets would have giant giant dots you know but the difference between Lodi and Nevada City I feel is that Nevada City seems to follow up the big dot targets with either regular sized dots or undersized dots is what it, you know and that might have only been on like a couple targets. I don't want to make give you guys the impression that Nevada City is just full of big dots, right? But I'm fairly certain that there was a few targets where, you know, between 15 yards and 80 yards, <laughs> the two dots would be the same size. So I'm not complaining. I don't want the June shoot to change that. I think that kind of kicked off that, like... I know some people would have issue and complain about like regulation dot sizes, but I think what it ended up doing it was pretty neat was Saturday everyone that shot got really confident and Sunday came around and all the dots on Sunday were regulation size. And I think that created a a very interesting um dynamic with how everyone was shooting. To to add to the challenge on Sunday, it was raining. And when I say it was raining, it was... I, I've i told everyone that I've shot in the rain in Mechanicsburg for Field Nationals. Uh, this was a little more than that. In Mechanicsburg, one thing that I did was... Um, my buddy Georgia told me, you know, like the day before we were going to shoot in the rain, he was like, hey, uh, you know, get a can of air. So... You know, when your gear gets all, you know, all wet and you can't see through it, i.e. your lens and your your peep, you can use this can of air to blow it out. So, I mean, my good buddy, um, Michael, was asking, he said, hey, uh, he this was his first time shooting in the rain. He said I had to pull my clarifier and he broke it. And then I took my lens out because of the droplets and fogging up on my lens. Um, any tips for someone who's who's rolling target and uh, hasn't shot in the rain before? Well, okay. I you know it's rough if you got to shoot a clarifier. A lot of guys are going to tell you don't use a clarifier. Um, but you know, for some little guys like us, we got to. We have to use a clarifier. And, uh, so, you know, how, how do you do it? Like, how are you going to roll about it? Well, one can of air is a good option for blowing the clarifier out. But I'll tell you this weekend, I think was a little wetter than Mechanicsburg. And the, I learned some stuff specifically from shooting with Brian Webb. Okay. And Brian Webb ended up teaching me some, something that 
I think I might not need a can of air anymore. Guys in my group use the can of air, okay, to clear out their peep, clear out their lens. But I was noticing that same thing was happening to me that was happening to you, Michael. Lens was fogging up, right? And that seems like doesn't matter how good your clarifier is, if your lens is fogged up, you can't see anything. And Sunday, the targets were dark, right? Like they were they were stuffed in the trees. It was, you know, you couldn't see very much. So if you add a foggy layer to that, like you can just make out the brightness of an orange dot. You probably can't see any lines of that dot. And you're like, <laughs> you're gunning it with <laughs> just hoping that <laughs> your, your dot's inside those lines. So here's what I learned. Uh, there was maybe one target that I shot. Uh, on Sunday that I couldn't quite make out the lines of the orange. The rest of them I could because Brian Webb, every target would pluck his string and that string would shoot all the water off the peep or at least enough of it that he'd get through the peep. And then he just poured a a bottle of water on his lens. And I, I'm sure we all remember, you guys remember when you were kids and you are at the swimming pool and you're lens uh, the goggles your goggles would fog up what would you do you either pull them off and dunk them in water or you pull them off and lick them right well i can't get my tongue inside a, a shrewd nomad not that i've tried but i'm just you know tongue stays in the head but um he so brian would pour his drinking water like a, just a little bit onto his scope onto the foggy side the foggy side's almost always on the inside and then he would just tilt his bow up. It would drain out. And bam. Like, it was good. It wasn't even like, I'll tell you what. So I started doing that. I started following Brian Webb. And we were all joking that like, oh, after Brian does this, now we're all going to be plucking our string. Um, that freaking say, that was the sole reason why I didn't have to use the can of air. And I only... To, I ended up shooting once on a target that I couldn't quite make out what I was shooting at. You know, I knew I was shooting at orange, but it was like well, if you can't see the edges of the dot, the dot becomes a lot smaller. So, um, yeah, Brian Webb out of left field with that brilliant maneuver. So, um, Michael, I'm sorry you broke a clarifier. That's a real, that's a pain in the ass, especially on a shoot day. So. You have some time now. Hopefully you can find a replacement if you're going to do state field championships next week. But in the future, it's better, I think, it's better to just suffer <laughs> with your gear than to than to move any, or, you know, change anything, pull anything apart. I think my buddy Matt Tippins, like, straight up pulled his lens out and uh, was able to, I think he was like 22, the long, the long, they kept calling it the damn shot. But um, I know he 22 something difficult with no lens. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there you have it. If you can, you know, I'm sure Matt would tell you differently because he had a, a good experience doing something else. But I have found it's better to just leave everything the way it is and just pour water on it. You know, pour water on the lens, pluck your string for your clarifier. The clarifiers really don't get too foggy, you know. The worst thing that I think could happen with the clarifier is if a rain droplet lands right in the hole. Because then when you look through it, it's gonna look it's gonna look bananas. So yeah, Brian Webb at a left field, applying like some real life <laughs> some real life knowledge there, logic, and uh it's changed the way I'm gonna shoot in the rain. Probably forever. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, I So cool. Saturday, I got to shoot with uh, Jeff Watts and Bob Thurman. They're these two guys out of, uh, I want to say, like the Redding area. They're, they're from up north, I know for sure. And I think they shoot for uh, Deer Creek Archery. Those two guys we shot with um, on Saturday. They're fucking hilarious. Bob Thurman uh, makes, he's a custom string builder. And so he, you know, if you guys ever catch him on social media, which I don't think he has, so that's not possible. 
But you guys can, if you guys can find him, <clears throat> he's like a rare Pokemon, you know. But if you can find him and hiding in a bush or, uh, you know, behind a store, you can ask him, you know, can you make me some strings? And I'm sure he'll he'll oblige. I mean, you got to pay for him, but. <laughs> and then Jeff Watts, that's the dad of Austin Watts and Braden Watts. Um, if you guys don't know who those guys are, I'll explain in a little bit. And Jeff is cool because he's like me. We're short guys, short draw guys. So we live in a different world than the rest of you guys. We shoot almost the same the same gear. So that's kind of neat. Um, Saturday we also, my partner and I, Darren, shot with these two guys that I, I had seen but I had never gotten to shoot with. The names were Tyler Davis and William Money. And uh, these two guys, also really nice, really fun to shoot with. And... Um, you know, as a guy that was doing the scorecards, you can see, you know, I was, you know, one of the individual scores for the day. I'm watching everybody's scores, right? And when you see, you, you will see right away whose score is next to yours, right? And I was trying to, you know, have it in my mind. Okay. If you're shooting good today, you're going to try to outpace the group. All right. Let's try to keep, keep outpacing the group keep and that kind of just keeps me thinking to stay sharp you know so if i see someone else miss it miss a shot i gotta think okay i'm gonna outpace like instead of thinking like oh man this might be difficult this shot might be difficult because everyone's missing it instead i try to think okay now's my chance to outpace everybody all right so it kind of changes the mindset helps change the you know the internal monologue that you're having while you're shooting because I know sometimes people will see everyone's missing low right on a target and they think, oh God, you know, something's going to pull low right on this target. And it kind of gets in people's heads. Um, but I use those, you know, I try to, you know, if everyone's shooting like a foot left, don't think there's no wind. Okay. Like <laughs> there's that mindset comes with uh, some caveats, you know, but. You know, if there was really no wind this weekend, it's it just there was just rain. The only thing you had to play was, you know, how how much yardage are you lose, losing from the water. So, <clears throat> I just uh, I'm sorry, guys. I did a hard beeline. We were shooting with on day one. I got to shoot with Tyler Davis, and William Money, and then Jeff Watts and Bob Thurman. Both of those teams remained clean all weekend, and they ended up shooting off for first and second. Like so, that was cool. I got to watch these guys make it happen on Saturday, and uh, Tyler Davis. And, and don't get me wrong, Will Money, William Money. I think they were calling him Max Max Money. Super great shooter. He shot it with a, a Hoyt like hunting bow, and he twenty two some really hard shit. Awesome shooting from him. But Tyler Davis shot really fucking good on Saturday. I thought I shot so I shot a nine eight. 918 on Saturday, which is, you know, that's, I always say I'm like a 916 shooter, and then on a good day, I'll shoot a few points up from that, right? So it was 918, I felt pretty, pretty good, felt like I shot up. Tyler Davis shot, I think, at 914, or 916, I can't remember, 914 or 16, but basically, he was right behind me, so the whole day, we're shooting 42 targets, there was really no outpacing him. If there was a target that most of the group missed, Tyler hit it. So it was really neat to have another strong shooter in the group. I mean, not that I mean all these guys were strong, but I mean Tyler's really strong, and um, he was hitting some really tough, tough shit. And that was that was cool. It, it lit a fire under me to try to, you know. If you you know, I knew my gear was working. I knew I was working good because I'd been practicing. But here's another guy who's like, okay, you know, if you want to do good in the group, there's <laughs> you got to work for it. You know, um, big congratulations to Tyler and William because they won their shoot off on Sunday. They took the the outlaw. Uh, you know, they won that outlaw as the t- for the team event. It was badass. And then, you know, big congrats to Jeff and Bob who were right there. And it came down to a one arrow on uh, like an 82-yard bear for the one arrow shoot-off on Sunday. And uh, 
damn, if uh, if Tyler just didn't, Tyler and William didn't kick some booty. So good job, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> Moving on, the brothers Austin and Braden Watts won the Outlaw series as a team, and I know, you know, Austin was. He was a little worried because they didn't shoot, they didn't go to Fresno, and so it's a four-event series where they take the best scores from three. So most teams got to shoot four events and then burn their lowest scoring event. Well, Austin and Braden didn't get that luxury. They didn't go to, they couldn't make Fresno, and you know the result of that is they only <laughs> they only get three events. They got to do it on their third event. They don't get to burn any. And you know, looking at the scores. On an earlier podcast, I was thinking, like, you know, as far as who can win it for this event, it could be anybody. But as far as the Outlaw series goes, I said it could be, like, almost any of the teams can win it. A 30 is going to be what wins it. And I think Austin and Braden shot and placed third with their as a team. But that was enough points for them to get it. Because if they place third, everyone else is placing lower than that. So they're not getting, you know, they're not getting the points. Austin and Braden took it. Big congrats to you guys. Um, I had a feeling, you know, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Austin had told me in the past that Nevada City was an event that he never really did good on. And uh, I just had a feeling, man, you know, Austin, you guys have watched him shoot all year. Has he not impressed you with every event that he shot this year? Like, it, the kid comes out just blasting, blasting middle, um, like a bat out of hell or some kind of weird demon, dude. Uh, it was awesome. Awesome to see again. So, Saturday, Austin shot 921. I think it was 921 or, yeah, nine, 921, I think. Basically, the breakdown of shooters on Saturday. The pro, well, I don't think they, there is no pro, really. There's just zeros, handicaps, but... On Saturday, the breakdown was Blake Jerome only dropped two, I think. And then uh, after him was Mark Rubio, who only dropped four. And then uh, Austin. Wait, was it Mark only dropped four? So it was actually Austin only dropped three. And then Rubio only dropped four. Alan Burnett dropped five. And then... I was bringing up the back of the pack, only dropping six. That's the top five guys on Saturday. Oh, I should mention that I was tied, actually, with Caleb Cuiocho. <laughs> so it's not like I was... <laughs> I wasn't just strutting around by myself out there. Like, Caleb was... God damn, that kid Caleb was crushing it. And... And Louis Sheedy was crushing it with a 918. Let's not forget Louis. That dude can fucking shoot. I would like to get Louie on this show sometime. Because Louie's like a no bullshit. <laughs> no bullshit guy. And he, he does some he does some cool tuning stuff. He builds arrows. Like when people ask him how he builds arrows. How does he build it? And he's like, he's like man, he's like, I ain't got time for any of that fancy shit. He's like, I just fletch him to the label. <laughs> and then the way he shoots makes everyone go, well, shit. What am I doing? <laughs> So man, that was the the day one breakdown. Day two rolls around. You know, we're all shooting in you know basically God's taking a piss on us on Sunday. I think Blake dropped three. Um Oh man, what did Mark drop? Uh, I don't know exactly how many Mark dropped on Sunday. Oh, uh no, I do. He Mark dropped three. And then Austin dropped five or six. Allen dropped six or seven, and I only dropped four. So it changed the, you know, the ranks right there. Um, oh yeah, you know while we're on Mark Rubio, congratulations to Mark Rubio, dude, one king of the outlaws. So for the individual, you know, Mark shot all the events, and individually, he had the highest, you know, accumulated score. Is there anyone that you guys know that shoots outlaws that deserves the king of the outlaws more? Than Mark Rubio, I would tell you, even if he didn't win it, the dude is still the king of the outlaws. <laughs> the dude walks around 
as king of the outlaws for sure. So now he's got a nice shiny belt buckle. He can, uh, you know, he can epoxy that over his uh, his field nationals first place buckle that he likes to wear. But man, killers, just absolute killers. It was so cool to see everyone, and uh, this is one of the only, maybe because it's the only outlaw that I really shot this year. I got it was so cool getting out there and seeing it, all of you guys. Like I was pro I didn't even know where I could walk because everywhere I'd walk I'd run into people that I you know, cool people I know that it was just so fun to chat and laugh and you know, yuck it up. I did get some feedback on my show, however. I know uh, a cu- a couple people I respect told me that my four twenty episode was not only cringy, it was quite possibly the worst episode I ever released. Um you know, to you two guys, I apologize, but I think we all know that some of these episodes I release are trash. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not any, uh, you know, I'm not gonna keep my head in the sand about that. It's no bow junkie, I tell you that. All right, but you know, I'm working on it. So that was the rundown, you guys, for for uh, Nevada City. This is a really fun shoot, man. I tell you, I I put it up there with Lodi. And if Sunday, you know, next year probably won't rain, and it'll be even more of a bloodbath. But uh, I don't know. I I thought it was awesome. I had a I had a blast. I mean, they they got a full bar in the clubhouse, so you can fucking shoot, and then go get a shot of whiskey like right afterwards, or you know maybe rum and coke, whatever you're into. Uh, they also got a barbecue going. Uh, it's just awesome. It was awesome. Outlaws really brought it to um, Nevada City this weekend, and I think everyone had fun, even in the rain. You know, when I shot Mechanicsburg, the rain fucking ruined it for everybody. <laughs> so, um, but you you wouldn't believe it on Sunday when I came in. Everyone's kind of huddled underneath these uh, picnic or underneath this like over. There's like a bathroom with a with a roof that kind of goes over these picnic tables in the middle of the you know, the, the hangout area. And it was just packed with dudes laughing. <laughs> everyone was just laughing, having a good time. So, uh, yeah, that was it. Outlaws is over, everyone. Damn, comes and goes so quick. You know, before it, before it shows up, it's like, man, this is going to be a long outdoor season, and now it's gone, and it's like, damn, that was so much fun. You know, uh, I wish I could have shot the whole season with you guys, but I'm just happy I got to shoot one with you guys. I thought that was, I mean, and that was the one to do it. If I was going to shoot in Outlaws, it would either be Lodi or Nevada City. And if I only got to pick one, because goddamn, the 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 progression of dot sizes from Saturday and Sunday really lended itself, I think, to good shooting in Nevada City. Lodi is very similar, but I think on Sunday, Lodi's dots, when you if you're shooting the Outlaws, you get to shoot like this back part of the course. Those dots are really tough. They're small. They're surrounded by trees, you know. They'll be at an angle, like quartering really hard one way or another. So Sunday is much more challenging, I think, in Lodi. Um, but leading up to that, them dots be big. So, uh, yeah, man, great great series as always, man. It, it's almost kind of sad that it's over, or I'm almost kind of sad that it's over, but I know that a lot of these guys that were working hard are probably happy to wrap it up and move on to the next thing. Um. So yeah, congrats to everyone that shot. Big congrats to Austin Watts and his brother Braden. I'm. Uh, you guys all know I'm a big fan of Austin's. He's been on the show before. Um, the dude just works hard. You know, he might not always practice a lot. He's kind of one of those anomalies that you know enjoys life and then practices before the event. And then at the event, he ends up crushing. It. He ends up digging down and hitting that clutch. Uh, you know hitting the clutch and fucking really killing it. But, you know, if you guys ever want to talk to Austin, pick his brain about stuff, he works up at West Coast Archery in Petaluma. Austin, uh, he's a hardworking guy. He sets up bows. I always like I always like to compare the workers at West Coast to, you know, other people. Um, if you go, if you guys ever go to West Coast, the two... The two guys that you will always find there are Austin Watts 
and Rudy Sandoval, the owner and the owner Hans, and Hans is always working on people's bows. He's always busting his ass, and Austin is like, uh, you know, I don't want to say like his uh, his kid. Because Hans has a kid. Austin has a dad. <laughs> but Hans very much treats Austin like the working kid. You know, he's like, okay, I got two kids. I want you to work. And, you know, uh, Hans treats Rudy like his Jaden Smith. You know? <laughs> I know. I know Rudy right now is probably like just through his phone. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I'm actually just kidding. Both of those guys are really good workers. If you guys ever go, you want to pick some brains of some good shooters, go to West Coast. Um I'll do a little spot for West Coast right now. If you guys looked at the podium, or I guess it wouldn't be the podium, but the top ranks, maybe a little bit of the podium, Austin shoots for West Coast. Your man Wendell shoots for West Coast, who placed a nice fourth, which is not podium. It's actually one step below the podium. (laughs) I think Austin placed third for this event, right? I got fourth. Alan got fifth. So... We're all like right there. Mark Rubio up there in second. So Team West Coast is always scoring high. Uh, I, you know, if you guys ever want to pick the brains of uh, some shooters, uh, the West Coast team is all very open for, you know, helping you out. I think we all have kind of different opinions on how things need to be done. But, you know, you get a, you get a more broad, um, set of information like that and you guys know me i'm i'm picking the brains of everybody so well that was uh my my uh coverage of the june shoot pretty pretty short pretty mild um onward now you know we get to rest to you know i was going to practice today but i thought i haven't done a podcast in over a week so it's time to get that that going uh in my new my newts we got CBHSAA State Field um, State Field Championships June 11th and 12th at YOLO Um, that is an event that required pre-registration so if you guys didn't pre-register for that I'm sorry but State Field is coming it is this weekend it's in Davis it's right next to the Kuyu outlet you know so if you get get done early Saturday you can pop on over to Kuyu and not you know look at what you can't afford but yeah um some heads up about that course all right yolo in davis it's flat and it's open right there's a lot of little shooting lanes that are open to the wind so you know if you're in a group that's that moves quick uh you will probably not hit the wind is what i'm guessing and, you know, there's some days where it doesn't get super windy. Even on the windy days, it, that only is really going to mess with you on, I want to say, like two or three targets that are like long shots, you know. But it's a field round, so you're shooting four arrows per target. So it's going to take longer to get through each target. So good luck, everyone, who's shooting uh, shooting the state field. I will be there. I'm going to be shooting it in the field class. or I'm sorry, pro class. So pro class, I think X's count as a point. Um, I hate to sound like a weenie, but I'm actually so glad that I'm shooting in the pro class this one time because it means that I don't have to shoot in the same class as Caleb. Um, yeah, I, I I asked around on Sunday in Nevada City, like, hey, I don't have to shoot against Caleb, do I? Like, he's he's not in my class at all, right? So that'll be a fun one. Um, that's this weekend. It's something I've been I've been practicing the field, you know, field format. I've practiced field format to get ready for Nevada City, and it worked out quite a bit. I gotta say, I was very comfortable holding on these big orange dots. <laughs> There's a lot of twenty-three yard targets in Nevada City, which I I kind of dug. A lot of twenty-threes, a lot of uh, you know, handful of elevens. But it was good. That was a fun fun event. Perfect for the rain, too. All right, guys. Next. Oh, not. Yeah, no. Next week. So this weekend, June 11th and 12th, State Field. Hope you guys are going. 
the weekend after that, if you want more Orange Spot action, you can get some at Cougar Mountain Archers Father's Day shoot, June 19th. 42 target, 2 arrow event at Cougar Mountain Archers up near Grass Valley. Registration starts at 7, shooting starts at 9. So, it's out there. And getting to that field, I lose cell reception about a half hour before I get to the field. So, I have AT&T. I don't know what you guys have. You know, a bunch of ghetto boys probably on Verizon. But, I think Verizon doesn't lose a signal up there. But basically, what I ended up doing was screenshot. You know, I, I go through the Yahoo Maps. I think you can find the address for Cougar Mountain Archers online. You find the address, or you have to drop a pin, screenshot the maps to get there. And, you know, maybe it's just me that has trouble getting there. <laughs> but it's out there. It's, it's way out there. <clears throat> okay, so that's Cougar Mountain. If you can't if you can't get enough of that orange spot, uh, goodness, Cougar Mountain. I shot the uh, state field... 3D. No, I'm sorry. State field. Stupid. Stupid Wendell. I shot the state 3D championships. The first ever state 3 champion, 3D champions at Cougar Mountain. And I won it with a 920 in the non-pro class. I think it was just adult freestyle. Amateur freestyle. So, yeah, I, I have a, a warm spot in that course uh, in my heart for the... the for that place because I have fond memories. I also shot a ping pong ball. They got a floating ping pong ball there challenge. I like a clout, right? Where everyone pitches in some money and you get a chance to shoot a ping pong ball that's that's floating. I did it. I want to say I did it twice because some little girl also did it. <laughs> and then I, you know, me doing it a second time, I squashed that little girl's dreams of having uh, some popularity for the day. Or some extra spending money. <laughs> I gave you guys a tip for the ping pong ball. It's only going to move like to the top and bottom. You, if you're standing at 20 yards, it's only going to move to the top and bottom of a 10 ring on a Vegas face. So just shoot for the, shoot for the X, and most likely you'll hit it. You know, it's a big it's a big ball if you think about it. A ping pong ball is probably bigger than the bigger than the 10 ring, right? Maybe slightly, but if it's moving from the bottom to the top of the 10, there's going to be a whole lot of time in there where there's ping pong ball. So just shoot it like it's a Vegas target and you'll be fine. Don't follow it. Don't aim off. Just grip it and rip it. Uh, August, oh, okay. This is a big one. August 6th and 7th is the 1 million BC shoot. It is the Bay Area's version of Redding. So if you liked Redding, Right, but it was too hot for you, and there wasn't enough grab ass going on. Come to this one, BC shoot one million BC shoot down in Pacifica at the San Francisco Archers. Right, they call themselves San Francisco Archers, but they're actually in this little beach town called Pacifica. Um, the one million BC shoot is a sixty-three target, two arrow event. If I can shoot it, that will most likely be my my last outdoor shoot. I don't think I'm going to do FETA stuff this year as much as I want to. I just don't think I I have the time to do it. Um, also, I keep talking about this kid, Caleb. I would like to get a jump start on practice in indoor so this kid doesn't beat me next year. Okay? <laughs> so that might be what I do after the BC shoot. But keep in mind, guys, there will be more outdoor events after the BC shoot. It's just, <clears throat> I'm so busy, you know, being a dad that um, it's tough for me to get outside. But damn it, guys. The BC shoot, if you guys don't know, is, oh, I keep saying BC shoot, the 1 million BC shoot, is a, it's where you go and you shoot dinosaurs for two days. Big foam dinosaurs, uh, orange spots. They're all pretty much regulation size dots at the BC shoot. Very similar to Redding. I don't think you're going to get any big gimmies, right? I think the short target's three yards, but I'll ask around. I'll try to do some recon for you guys. Long target's 100, maybe 101. Typical safari stuff. Um, it's cold there. So, And, you know, 
In the past, they've had camping. I don't know if they're going to do camping this year. Um, if they are, they're probably going to try to keep it a secret. So you guys got to get a hotel, most likely. Um, yeah, that's going to be a hell of a shoot. There's also a team money portion of that, I think, for $100 or $110. So uh, I, I registered for it. But I haven't yet asked my wife if I can shoot that. <laughs> that might have been a mistake. <laughs> but I plan to do some real good husband work this week. Just be a really top dog <laughs> husband. And then I'm just going to float it real nice. Like, oh, are we doing anything that weekend? No? Oh, man, that's cool. Because I think I registered for this event. Oops. <laughs> And that would be that would be a good one to do good at. I, I think I've won that in the amateur class. I think I've lost to Brandon in the pro class. Brandon Williamson, another great shooter, doesn't practice, just comes out and punches punches dots all day long. Um, after that, guys, the state nine hundred will be coming around. Usually, the state nine hundred in September. All right. If you guys want to hear a cool podcast about that, um, I interviewed John Weaver. He holds the record for the state nine hundred. Uh, John's a badass. He's always shooting good. He's a no bullshit archer. And it's so funny. Speaking of bullshit, I had a bullshit product of the week lined up. And before I could talk about it, Brian Webb goes, Hey, you know, it's funny. You know, I saw this product the other day and I thought this was, you know, I wanted to get your take on it. And so I got to talk about what I thought the bullshit product of the week was ahead of time. Bullshit product of the week this week, guys, is the dead center bow balancer. Okay. Now, I'm sure I'll get some pushback from this, but, you know, I always do. Um you know what, before I dive into this, though, and getting pushed back, did anyone see the footage of how uh, Tim Gillingham, like, high, how high his hands are when he draws his bow back? Is that not considered a high draw? Like, Gillingham pulls his bow back, like, you know how Japanese archers draw back recurve bows? They put both hands up, like they're, like someone just kicked a field goal, and then they, they draw down... <laughs> Like sideways. Gillingham almost draws like that. <clears throat> Do you think the NFA or anyone is gonna give him a slap on slap on the wrist or you think they're gonna say anything or you think they're just gonna bitch out and and admonish amateur shooters? I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one. <clears throat> I mean, the guy's already I think he would he's so tall he's already technically sky drawing. Just because how big he is, but I mean, I think he's really sky drawn. I don't know, uh, something to uh, something to ponder. But anyway, enough picking on Tim Gillingham. It's too easy. Let's go to the dead center bow balancer. This is a clamp that clamps to a table that then clamps to your grip, and, or it's a it's a device. I guess you bolt to your table or whatever, and then it clamps to your grip. I think it has a bow press attachment. But regardless of what the, all that shit is, right? It's basically a clamp. goes around your grip. And it pivots. It's like a loose pivoting... What's the word? Um, not like a gyroscope. Uh, it starts with a T. But there's this thing. It's like a, an attachment for your bow, right? Where you set your bow up. And you can see the direction it wants to lean basically right these uh little pivoting arms and sections will let will allow the bow to kind of just be in free flow free uh, free fall in space my big gripe with this is the way this video starts is the guy that's selling the thing oh no the video was for like the archery learning center or something like that some kind of archery coach guy um larry weiss i think is the guy who He's some kind of badass archery coach, probably a badass archery shooter from back in the day. And he's helping push this product on his show. And I'm just like, what the f basically in the video where Larry Weiss is helping push this crap product, 
the guy starts by going, okay, well, we're going to set your bow up. We're going to optimize. We're going to balance optimize it, right? So he puts the guy's bars on. And I don't know, maybe puts a couple ounces on. And he asked Larry Wise first, do you like your bow heavy or light? That's such a dumb question. <laughs> do you like your bow heavy or light? I like my bow. I'll tell you from as a, as a shooter, I like my bow to hold. <laughs> okay? I don't give a fuck if it's heavy or light. I just want it to hold. So... Uh, how am I going to know if it's holding if I'm not actually holding it, if I'm not actually shooting? So it's already, I'm already like cringy, wrinkly face, you know, wrinkling up my face to this video. And I can't remember what what Larry says, probably probably medium, <laughs> dumb answer like that. So the dude's like, you know, screwing shit in, and then he's like, oh, oh look at this, bow's starting to lean this way, well, maybe we should move the bar over here a little bit. Mm, what do you think it... And, and it's just like, dude, this is beyond stupid. And at some point, they have to address that maybe you like your bow. Like the whole thing of this, the whole point of this is like this system is you can make your bow balance free float in space, right? Um, but they have to address that some people like it front heavy. Some people like it leaned over to one side. The only thing that I could see this being a useful is that you have a bow that leans a certain way. Uh, it wouldn't even work for that. But say you like the way your bow balances. You clamp in this thing. It falls over to one side, right? Then you're like, okay, I like my bows to fall over at 11 o'clock or 1 o'clock on you know, whichever direction this thing falls at. But even then, it's like... You can buy us a bow to do that with a difference. The mass weight would be different. This is such a bullshit product. Like, this is beyond dumb. It's And it's like $300-something, $400. And it's like, oh, man. How many people are getting taken? Are, you know, are, are, are falling for this shit? It's beyond me. Uh, sorry. The funniest thing about this video, this, this promo video, is it ends with Larry Weiss saying, "So I have to fine tune it a little to my, you know, to my shoot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fine tune this. Like now, you set it up for me on this wacky jig. I'm gonna take it to 60 yards and I'm gonna fine tune it. So I'll take a pocket full of single ounce weights out there and fine tune it. It's like, hey, Larry, guess what? You could do that and just skip all the shit we just went through. <laughs> take a pocket full of weights out there and then just fine tune the shit from the start." Instead of throwing it in this expensive jig, watching it fall all over the place, setting it up to neutral and going, hmm, do I want that? And then actually shooting and going, no, I don't want that. I, I brought up a long time ago that this guy in the Bay Area, this nuts and bolts guy, talks about balancing people's bows on a string where he'll like hang your bow from a certain point, like either your cam or your limb or something like that. He'll hang it from a string and then he'll adjust the weights accordingly so that it is perfectly neutral. I think at this point, enough people have watched these incredible pro shooters shoot to realize you don't want a perfectly neutral bow. So, Nuts and Bulls guy is a dope for that. All right, And these dead center guys are, I'm not going to say dopes because they went out and tried to, they built, built a product and then they're trying to sell it. They're they're not dopes, but this product is d -d dumb. <laughs> so if you guys ever see one of those in a shop or your buddy has one, give them a slap in the face and tell them no, bad. Uh, I think I think the in my personal opinion, cause, so I just tore down a product, all right, and now you guys are going. But Wendell, if I can't use the dead center archery uh, bow balancing kit, how am I going to know how to balance my bow? Well. I'll tell you what I think. The best thing you can do is go shoot half field rounds. Shoot half field rounds and see what the bow tells you at once. I think every time you shoot your bow for an extended period of time, maybe for an hour every day, you open up, as weird as it sounds, you open up a dialogue with your bow, right? And if you are listening to your bow and you're listening to yourself, the conversation that you have together will tell you that, you know, you either need more weight, you need less weight, you need more in the front, whatever. The, 
the where that gets tricky is whether or not you're listening, you know, and you have to be honest. Is this that bad shot I took? Was that me, or is that something I can I can tune out of this system with stabilizer weights? I'm I am starting to come through with like a list now of things that I think are wildly important for a bow setup to shoot good. All right. And it's changed. It, I used to believe that the paper tune was the end all be all. And you know, the bear shaft was the second end all be all. And the more I talk to people, the more I look at what's going on and what the good shooters are doing. I am thinking maybe I was totally wrong about that. And the things that are really important are torque tune, center shot, sight marks, stabilizer bars. In yeah, roughly in that order. And those are the things I think are more, more most important. And by stabilizer, I didn't mean to say bars, I mean stabilizer setup. Because an ounce on the front or an ounce on the back is enough to smooth out a lot of stuff. You know, you might have a perfect hold, but if you dip out the bottom on 10% of your shots, that might be something. If it's not you, you know, if you're taking the same shot every single time, that might be something that can be adjusted by killing an ounce off the front, you know, maybe half ounce if you have it, adjusting the back bar, you know. Sometimes, I I know I've said it before, and I heard... Uh, Heather Smith mentioned this on Sunday where instead of adding weight, sometimes just adjusting where your bar is, your back bar is, changes everything enough to, to really do some damage. Big big props to Heather Smith also. Heather Gore Smith this weekend, uh, she made it to the shoot-offs, and I think she had the cleanest shoot-off arrow out of everybody. Um, damn near... Damn near scribe hole middle. I think she was like one or two shafts up from the dead center of the our shoot off bear. Um, Heather's a beast. You know, I can honestly say, watching all these shoots that we've done, break the barriers, all the outlaws, stuff like that. If you had to pick someone to substitute, like if you had to shoot a shoot off arrow, and you had to pick someone to substitute for that shoot off arrow, I would go to Heather every single time. I say, Heather, take this shot for me. <laughs> she fucking crushes it under pressure. One arrow under pressure, you can't beat her. She's she's uh, she's the queen. Well, guys, that's my recap episode. Did a little bit of uh, did a little bit of uh, bullshitting. Tore down a product like I, I usually don't. I stopped doing that, but damn. It sure does suck to see a crap product and then to see it priced so high and then to know that dudes that just want to get better are are like, okay, I'll shell out four hundred bucks for that thing. Yeah. Let's 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 do it. All right. So uh it's great seeing everyone this weekend. Um everyone's nice. Everyone was laughing. That's a good time. That was fun. I got hats in stock, guys. If you guys want hats, hit me up. I got my classic my gray uh my gray and gray with a dark gray bill hat. Um, they kind of hurt your forehead a little bit. The Richardson 112, it really has got to be broken in. So sorry about that. But I just wore mine in. So <laughs> I got a hard forehead. It works. Um, Carbon Craft Stabilizers brings you this episode. I got to shoot with Brian, the the mastermind behind, well, him and Adam Ross and some other guy were the masterminds behind it. If you guys want a carbon craft bar, you can order them directly from Brian Webb at Impact Archery. Or you can call Rudy Sandoval at uh, West Coast Archery in Petaluma. He will place the order directly. Carbon craft bars were everywhere this weekend, guys. <laughs> I think, uh, I want to say Tyler Davis... One of the outlaw finalists was shooting them, but yeah, them but carbon craft bars be doing good. Uh, I just loaned out my my loaner set to uh, Elliot Peters. I'm hoping to get him on the show soon. If you guys know Elliot Peters, won Reading in the amateur class, 
shooting a 1528, which is fuck it's smoke man it not only is it in the 20s 1520s is a lot of people want to hit 1500 right and then it seems like there's a jump guys they hit 1500 can normally land in the 1514s 15s right and then after that guys just want to hit the 20s elliot fucking bam 28 he's you know he's gonna be hungry for 30 plus next year and uh He's a guy who's not compromised by, you know, trying to sell shit. So I'm hoping I can get him on the show. We'll pick his brain a little bit. Elliot Peters is awesome, dude. So, uh, yeah, Carbon Craft Stabilizers, everyone. Check them out. When I get my bars back from Elliot, I will have a set to loan, you know, for you guys to sample, try out again. Um, DB Custom Coatings. My friends Darren and Bet out of Napa, they Saracote bows. They do custom, custom shit to bows. If you guys ever see pictures of Austin, you'll see him in the shoot-off shooting the American flag Invicta. It is sick. Um, I also had a very sweet Battleship Gray 38 that I sold because I am dumb. <laughs> Re-dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I sold it. Um, yeah, Darren and Beth do great work. They do awesome stuff to bows. Uh, hit them up they on instagram db custom coatings uh you guys can find them at any just about any event in california they're going to shoot because they are competitors to the extreme degree so hit them up tell them what you want done they do good work all right guys that's the end of the episode thank you for listening uh again outlaws was great thank you guys thank you outlaws um ben hobbs uh randy long doug rosin mark rubio I think even Heather uh, is a part of that team that organizes this. Uh, the Tuckers, you know, uh, Randy and Heather Tucker. He- Heather Smith was in there doing the calculations on Sunday also. I think Austin's part of their, their organizing crew now. But uh, thank you for everyone that organizes stuff. Thanks to Nevada City. Uh, what are they called? The Nevada, Nevada County Sportsman Bowman uh, for holding the event. Man, it was a fun season, I tell you. If you guys shot it, you did not miss out this year. Isn't it crazy? Coming back from COVID and all those fucking lockdowns and stuff, these events are better. I I feel like they're better than they've ever been in the past. Maybe the turnout's different. Maybe, you know, level of competition's different. But, dude, we had Blake Jerome come down from Washington, and then people got to shoot with, you know, a giant like Blake, man. I mean, <laughs> on Saturday, I saw a ton of people picking Blake's brain. <laughs> uh, he looked like he was swamped. But, man, like, how often are you going to get to shoot with a guy like that? You know? Blake's not just a good shooter. He is a top-level pro. So, I don't know. I, th- I think it's freaking awesome. It was an awesome event. Well done, everyone. Uh, it was great seeing you guys. Hopefully I see some of y'all at the the field shoot coming up. To all you guys that don't live in California, I will breathe a sigh of relief when I don't have to shoot against you. All right, fellas and ladies. uh, We'll see you next week. Peace.